Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along to this. Uh, it's a bonus episode. We were going to do, on Tuesday, we were going to do the uh, the Mailbag Delve and we fucking forgot to read out any actual uh, Mailbag content. So apologies for that. So here we are, but again, attempting to do that. We might get rid of some emails. We might not. I don't know. Uh, we still haven't dealt with the results from the weekend's predictions, Sam. We need to look at them because, of oh, course, yes. it was the international break um, and we, we had a stab in the dark, really. There were fixtures involving teams we knew very little about, uh, but we did our best and we did really well. I got seven points. You got six points. Results bot got three points. Um, it was Portugal 3, Luxembourg 0 that made the difference for both of us because we both said 3-0 for that one. So we both landed three points. And we both popped three points into our predicting baskets with that one, which is nice, nice feeling. Yeah. So there and you that's are. Just, and, that, and that, to be fair, is a reflection of our deep and detailed knowledge of continental football. <laughs> our predicting prowess. The yeah. national football, the, what would you call the international football scene across Europe is something that we are very au fait with. Let's just say that. We, we could quite easily do one of those podcasts a bit like uh, Football Weekly or, or one of those mm, other ones where, where we, we put on an accent and then uh, <laughs> talk about the continental football. Yes, you, you have to talk Spanish and, and do a lot of lisping. And you say, well, it's very interesting because, of course, he uh, made his name as a coach uh, when he was uh, play- coaching at uh, Deportivo La Coruña, uh, where he uh, introduced the uh, three two four one three formation. <laughs> it's, Those it's podcasts a... are great, but we could easily do a podcast we like that. We might do one, do one day. We yeah. just we just choose not to for the moment. Um, we've got. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's that's the housekeeping taken care of for this episode. I don't think there's anything else we need to deal with. We've got some emails to read out. Shall I just launch into one, see what happens? Yeah, let's just take it as it comes. All right, this one is from Alan, who describes himself as an IFS cunter, so obviously his email goes to the top of the pile. Uh, freeloaders, you probably won't get yours read out. Uh, Alan says, Hi, not sure if Dad's helping with homework is now an official topic. I think it is, it is. yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd share this with you. My son is a similar age to Len, now in year three, and his recent English homework was to have a discussion with a parent about what makes a good set of rules or instructions. The mm. worksheet also said that the parent should write up notes rather than the child. Basically, the teacher is enabling the child to say, you fucking do it, Dad. And why not? Anyway, after the chat, I found myself writing this down, but couldn't help thinking of it in a Lampard voice. 
So I'll, I'll read it out in a Lampard voice then. A good set of rules should be clear and simple in chronological order and using imperative verbs. They should also be fair to all. <laughs> it's just pure Lampard, isn't it? It should be fair to all. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm still not entirely sure what an imperative fucking verb is, but resisted the urge to indulge in parent-teacher banter by asking this. Um, there we are. He's added another bit as well. Going back a few months, they were also learning about Vesuvius and we had to make a model of it. We constructed something which I thought was pretty good out of Lego. However, I now realise the lack of a Lego figure having a wank means that it wasn't historically accurate. So it's been completely dismantled. But we did take a picture of it first. And he's enclosed the picture as well. And It's good. Yeah, it's like a, a Lego um, mountain. And then there's loads of flat red and yellow Lego bits coming out of it. Which is yeah, the, uh, I saw it. I'll, I'll try and put it on the newsletter. It, yeah. it was very impressive, Lego Vesuvius. But as he says, no fella having a wank, so therefore historically loses irrelevant. points. But I would still imagine it would score highly in the class. I mean, of course, it loses points with us. Yeah, uh, for no Lego wanking man. Do Lego think... produce? Because you don't usually have to make a man with Lego. They usually produce pre-made figures. Well, you, you'll get you'll get the head, the torso, and the legs. You've got to put them together, but that's oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah, you won't um, get the Lego and cock. And I don't think there's a cock mm. for uh, for the wanking Lego man. I don't think you get a cock you can attach. There are pieces that I am familiar with that are as close enough to a Lego yeah. penis. Yeah, there's that because tubi- I've often that, thought that, that as that, I've handled them. Tubular one, isn't there, with a hole yeah, in each end? That's one of them. Yeah, and of course the Lego man's hand is in the shape of a. Let's say an erect It's made for wanking. Yeah. It's made for wanking. It's not coincidence, mate. It's (laughs) fucking made for wanking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you could have done it and maybe think again. Maybe one of these days we'll do a uh, Top Flight Time Machine Lego challenge Uh, where we will set outlandish things. I think the challenge has already been laid down. I I think we've just done it. I'm expecting pictures to be flooding in of uh, wanking Lego men. Yeah, wanking Lego men or other things that come up. You could do a uh, TTFN, like the TTFN Steve McQueen logo. Yeah, to make one, you could Legoify that. Welcome to our football podcast. Mm. Um, Have you got any emails? I've got a good email. Yeah, vigilante story plus story of a burnt willy. Nice title, enticing. (laughs) Very from Stuart Ives, who I believe has been in contact in the past. Yeah, I've heard that name Uh, before. Hi, lads. Another story from my childhood. I grew up in an area with a lot of kids around the same age. We were a fair, we were a fair, we were a fair way away from anywhere without a car, and and little in the way of public transport. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Fucking grow up, right? So the lads in the area took to mischief. They took to mischief. Andy. Is that what he said? They took yeah. to mischief. They took to mischief. Lads, it's really fucking boring around here. What should we do? I oh, know. Let's take to mischief. Yeah. Mischief, mischief, mischief. <laughs> it, it was originally stupid things like burning dog shit on the doorstep or stealing porn magazines from the local tip, brackets, dump site. Yeah, we know what starts. a tip is, yeah. Stuart. What's he put? A dump site? Dump site? Who the fuck's ever called it a dump site? It's like Shall when, we go to the dump site it's like when to Roy get rid Riz of our refuse? It, it's like when Roy Riss calls a corner a flag kick in Roy the Rovers. Yeah, or that discussed. bloke who emailed us and called his drink a cup of drink. <laughs> <laughs> we know what a tip is, mate. The dump site. New t-shirt idea. If you want more references to Roy Riss and Roy the Rovers, you should uh, subscribe to the Iron Fan Society and listen to 19 episodes of the Melchester Odyssey, which are there for you, waiting for you. 
bulging. If not, there's a load of overlap with the stuff we say on these episodes and the stuff we're saying on our Melchester Odyssey episodes, bulging the subscription ones. And you're you're not going to get them, so you're probably feeling like a bit of a cunt right now. And you're and let me tell you, you're right to feel like a cunt because you are one because you're not shelling out for the extra stuff. Three quid a month, fuck's sake. Anyway, Stuart Ives goes on. Um, anyway, as is the norm, the mischief escalated, and these lads ended up breaking into houses. Oh, Ooh. they okay. went they went through a few houses, and it escalated more and more. Uh, and more and more got broken into. One afternoon, the local hard man, rumoured to be an ex-commando from the Iraq War. <laughs> local Whoa. hard man. Do you think he yeah. used to go around with a tight T-shirt or with a local hard man written across the chest? Almost certainly. And that makes me think of another potential bit of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be an amazing local T-shirt, wouldn't hard it? Man. Local hard man. <laughs> We top light time machine just subtly on the sleeve. Get onto the Latvians. Get it out there now. I think I, think I might get one out and see how yeah. it flies. So just see how right. many. Just see how many people are prepared yeah. to buy one and wear one. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fucking ballsy to walk around wearing it, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it depends where you live as well. As we've discussed before, I could maybe get away with it in Barnes. I wouldn't wear it in Sunderland if I was you. No, I fucking wouldn't. It's a fucking. That is an invite. For trouble. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? I'm the local hard man. What are you wearing that T-shirt for? I've been up the fucking council and, you, you know, registered. I, could fucking, I couldn't even wear one that said local knobhead because someone would come up and go, I'm more yeah. of a fucking knobhead than you. Bang! That position's taken. <laughs> right, they went for a few hours. Yeah. One afternoon, this local hard man, right? He gathered all the lads from around that age bracket. Can Stuart I just says, stop not you again? Can we yeah. please do local hard man and local knobhead and see which one sells the most? Yeah, good, good <laughs> idea. I'll get that. I'll get on that today. I've got a bit of time for T-shirt designing. Brilliant. Uh, one afternoon, the local hard man, rumoured to be an ex-commando from the Iraq War, gathered all the lads. Should we have a T-shirt that says rumoured to be an ex-commando from the <laughs> Whatever, Iraq yeah. War? Yeah. Everything. Uh, he... He gathered all the lads from that age bracket. Not me. I was way too young. And Cable tied their hands behind their back and got his baseball bat and started bouncing it off their knees, threatening to smash them in if they didn't tell him who the ringleader was. Jesus! It was only stopped by highly armed police. Highly armed police. Not just armed police. Highly armed. (laughs) Highly armed. I've got... got, uh, Hello! This is the highly armed police. Each of us have a gun in each hand. Some grenades strapped to our chest and them shoes what she wears in James Bond with the knives that come out the end. <laughs> Look, I want you I want you to imagine, you know, a one-man band with all the instruments on. I'm like that, but we're weapons. With weaponry. So the highly armed police came and they defused the situation and arrested the guy. But the break-ins did end abruptly. So well, just goes yeah. to show... And that is, I don't know where we stand on that. We don't have to stand anywhere on it, Andy. Mm. But on the one hand, his methods were were pretty fucking militant. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't just do that. Mm. Um, but, but he got results. It was for the greater good. Yeah. Because these kids were troublemakers. Clearly, the police weren't <clears> dealing <throat> with the situation. The local hard man took it upon himself. It's vigilante war like Batman. Yeah. Um, which I does have, there's a lot of, ethical and moral fucking grey areas when it comes to this sort of thing. I mean, th- th- uh, this has quickly become one of the world's most uh, popular ethical mm. dilemma podcasts. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's what we're here for. 
It's, we should do a side pod yeah. ethic chat. Top top flight ethics machine. Yes. And uh, that's when we'll delve deeper into this. I don't think now is the time. We can't no. get too deep into no. who was in the right and who was in the wrong. But, it, but the point is, the burglaries did stop. I've got a feeling that we might be veering quite right wing to back that, but it, we'll have to it, it would contemplate be like more. Um, Radio 4's Moral Maze, but just with yeah, a pair of cunts with Michael instead. Burke. Yeah. Hello, this is Radio 4's Moral Maze. Michael Burke is off on his holidays. So <laughs> today, your hosts are a pair of cunts. <laughs> Today's subject is vigilantism <laughs> on estates in the 80s. <laughs> uh, however, however, these cunts are not as big a cunt as Sir David Starkey, who joins oh, us yeah. again today. Right. He's got another story, Stuart, that he signs off with. Okay. He goes, also, from a similar time, a feud broke out between two neighbours. Well, we love feuds between neighbours, don't we? Of course we do. Uh, a lad named Reese somehow ended up with his knob being burned severely. How this happens depends on who you ask. Reese's story seems to be that another lad up the road uh, tied him to a tree and burnt his knob with a barbecue lighter. The uh, the <laughs> uh, the other lad's story is that Reece, oh, that's bollocks. I'll tell you how it happened. I never tied him to a tree and burnt his knob with a barbecue lighter. That's not what I do. That's, that's not my mo. It's not my MO, that, no. I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't like the cunt, but there's no way I'd tie him to a tree and burn his knob. I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. His story is that Reese was walking around the local park burning things. Oh, yeah. Mom, mom, I'm just off up up the park to walk around and burn things. (laughs) All right, Summer, don't be too long. Tease at half five. Right, uh, and he was seen by someone. Right. right. Oh, no. I've been seen by someone. <laughs> so what he did was... <laughs> I was having a right good burn up there. Right. I got another so, good email about someone being seen by someone as well later on, but yeah. yeah. Have you ever been seen by someone? <laughs> right. He, Get in touch. He, he panicked and he stuffed the barbecue lighter down his pants. <laughs> Somehow it was accidentally triggered and it burnt his knob all black. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever story you believe, the facts are... That the lad's willy is blacker than black and yeah. needed a shitload of surgery to come good. <laughs> doctor, doctor, <laughs> my knob's blacker than black. I need some surgery to make it come good. <laughs> well, we'll do our best. When you say come good, <laughs> sir, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> I just need on, it to come good back to levels. how it were. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, get it back to its original colour. Which, for reference, right, I haven't got any Pantone colour reference cards here, (laughs) but just think Richmond sausages, like the type they sell in the newsagents. Nice, bright pink hue. That's what I want here. At the moment, it's it's black as fuck. It looks like I've been wearing one of them exotic condoms. (laughs) Sort it out. It's a great email, that, Stuart. Thank you. And going back to your neighbourly feud, I mean, that's a big one. We've had neighbourly feuds in my mum's street when we were kids. It's very peaceful now, but... Back then, it was six houses in a row, and there was a lot of politics between houses, so there was a sort of a matrix of feuds. Oh. It kind of was like how I imagine Game of Thrones to be. Yeah, but with neighbours. But in six council houses yeah. in West London in the 80s. That's maybe, and, the, uh, that's maybe where George R.R. R. Martin got it from, perhaps that's where he lived and grew up. Yeah. I mean, a, have you seen awesome. him? He looks, like, he looks like a boatyard sex case. But, yeah. um, but maybe he grew up in that kind of environment like, like you did. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe he read my book, uh, Night of the Living Dad, which documents some of the goings-on in those times. The race riot that broke out during the Royal Wedding Street Party. 
the 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 operations of Pancho from the Flats, and of course thrown into this Tinder box um, for a couple of years was Archie Buchanan. Yeah, who only es- who only escalated the local political machinations. <laughs> Red hot content. Would you like more from your top flight time machine experience? If so, subscribe now to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon subscription thing, which will only cost you three quid plus VAT each month. Sam, tell them what you get. You get uh, exclusive episode of uh, one of the deep dives, which at the moment is the Melchester Odyssey in which we go through the whole of the 80s annual of uh, Roy the Rovers. You get your Kevin Keegan deep dives a week in advance. You get all your other episodes, usually a good eight hours before the other cunts who can't and be bothered forking get out. all of those advert free as well. Free of adverts such as fucking this one. And you get the knowledge that you're helping to contribute towards this podcast continuing. Because if we don't get enough subscribers, we're fucking it off. Yeah, just remember, we don't do this for the fun. So go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more and subscribe at patreon.com slash machine. Fucking do it. Three quid. You can't fucking go wrong. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Jalapeño. Terry and Stacy from next door have been there through thick and thin. And they... Um, are my mum's mates but there is some suspicion that they murdered two of our cats in the 80s Kevin and Butch who went missing mysteriously and my mum claims that she was woken in the night soon afterwards by the sound of frantic digging in Terry's garden so So, personally I don't think he'd do that were there many feuds in this this area of the six houses yeah because this should be a new category I think for listeners to send in neighbourhood feuds because shared driveway seems to be a big um, oh yeah trigger for neighbourhood feuds. But yeah, we'll have, yeah, we'll have some of that if you've been a victim of or you've instigated and won a neighbour feud, get involved. We've got an ongoing feud at the moment with our neighbour here who we call Raggedy Ann. I mean, I won't go into it too much because obviously for legal reasons, but she's left us some fucking funny notes. When we really? first moved in, she she became obsessed that we were putting our rubbish in her rubbish bins, right? Which yeah. is a mad accusation because why why would we do that? Do you know what I mean? Why would we do it? No, he wouldn't. We've would got you? our own bin, but she was obsessed with it, and she wrote us some like literally poison pen letters about it. Mm. And my wife had a 
proper fucking Barney's going back a few years, a proper fish, what I call a fishwife Barney, both of them on the doorstep screaming at each other in front of the kids. Fucking I wasn't there. Hell. I was so gutted. I mean, I've never been more gutted to miss something than that. Yeah. Uh, and it's calmed down in recent years, but it's still always there simmering. And if she can find a way in to reignite the feud, she'll do it. Nice one. While you've been, I've just been looking up something because it reminded me um, ages ago on Twitter, I asked people if they had nicknames, secret nicknames mm. for their next door neighbours or people they live nearby. And I got a massive response and I saved loads of them. I've got the document in front of me. Shall we have a few of them now? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who put these because I don't want to put them in danger in case they've since, you know, in case the relationships have changed since then and I could be grassing them up. But um, yeah. His first one's from Steve, and he said, uh, just been in the garden, said good morning to the neighbour. I've lived here nine years, but I only know him as Mr. Boss Eyes. <laughs> uh, someone else says, my neighbours are known as Skip Rat and Fishwife. There we are, another <laughs> mention for Fishwife. Um, someone else said, we've just got Mr. and Mrs. Dealer living next door. Unoriginal, maybe, mm-hmm. but it fits. Yeah. Um, someone else says, my neighbours are Baby Jane and the Milk Sourer. <laughs> Baby Jane's, <laughs> Baby Jane's in a nursing home at the minute. Baby uh, Jane and another and the milk one. Sour. Our neighbours were Mr. and Mrs. Knife and Fork, as they were always in the kitchen. My mum rang me recently to say that Mr. Knife and Fork had died. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, Frenchie and the Greek, collectively known as the Freaks. And someone else said, we've got an old bloke next door with an orthopaedic trainer. We call him Shoe. <laughs> so if you've got any shoot. of them yeah. next door neighbour nicknames send them in as well it's all good content and it saves us having oh, to think of stuff one of the original uh, con- I think it might have been our first ever content category and it's still very much alive if you want to get in touch with it is bullshit mm. and Patrick McDivitt uh, remembers this and has titled his email simply bullshit mm. and he says alright lads are you still doing these yeah. yes we are yes forever if if so, here we go. I met a man in a leisure centre. Oh, good start. I met a man in a leisure centre on Monday mm-hmm. who told me that he moved to London as a 15-year-old and became a producer of Dogs to the Stars. Producer right? of dogs? Hang on, does it say? No, procurer. Procurer <laughs> of Dogs to the Stars, I right? producer. Yeah, procurer of Dogs to the Stars. So if you're a star, you don't have time to go to down Batsy dog. Dogs Home. Yeah. The pet sh- yeah, sourcing dogs is harder than you think. Where did you source yours? Uh, internet. Right, okay. Gumtree. Uh, bit, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're being a bit fucking shady about that. I reckon you did some dodgy deal. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> it was procured no, I can't order. Talk about how I sourced the dog. Well, you're quite high profile now yourself, so it's only a matter of yeah. time. In the unlikely event of you ever getting another dog, I'm which I fucking doubt. I'd, I'd fucking tell you that now for nothing. Never you fucking, again. You've expressed nothing but regret for Never getting again. the fucking dog you've got. But uh, you'd get if you did, you'd get a procurer of dogs. In fact, maybe if you got that in the first place, you'd have procured a better dog. I thought of something the other day when we were talking about um, when I was at non-league football. You know, we were trying oh, to yeah. sponsor a team or something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Let's go more specific. If there's a team out there that's got a team dog as a mm. mascot, an actual yeah. dog, not someone in a dog suit, we will sponsor your team's dog. Okay. That's all. But we would want our logo shaved into its fur. Well, I was thinking we could get a little coat for it with the logo on and we can wear that, but all I don't right, know. I'm do sure about shaving shave it into it. its fur, Sam. Yeah. Can you well, tattoo yeah. a dog? Has anyone ever tattooed? It's probably illegal, isn't it? Yeah, probably. But we'll, we're, be a good we're idea, only, though. We're only prepared to sponsor dogs at this point. 
Yeah. So okay. Uh, uh, so anyway, he told me that he moved to London as a 15-year-old and became a procurer of dogs to the stars, including Christine Keeler, brackets, Greyhound, and <laughs> Diana Dawes, brackets, Poodle. Diana Dawes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the leisure centre. All right, mate. Yeah, had a swim, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, what What line are you in? I'll tell you what, I used to be in uh, the, the dog business. I procured dogs for stars. I did them all. Like, got a, got a greyhound for Christine Keeler. Sourced her. Diana Dawes called me up once. She says, I'm looking for a dog. What can you recommend? What you I got? said, glamorous lady like you probably wants a poodle. She'd never heard of it before. So I had to send her a drawing. And she said, yeah, get us one. So I did. At this point, he became great friends with the cast of the Carry On movies. However, he then went into business with the craze, committing credit <laughs> card fraud. Yeah, that's a classic one, isn't it? Yeah, well, after I was doing the dog stuff, uh, I sort of segued into like working a lot with the Carry On lot. You know, <laughs> Charles Hawtrey, Kenneth Connor, all of them. And then Put that the was going law. quite well. I was getting them dogs, doing other stuff for them, sorting out their finances. But then I met the craze and they said, listen, we're starting up a credit card fraud racket. You want to, you want in? I said, fucking right, I do. (laughs) They pay more than the carry on mob. He wouldn't tell me his name because he's still on the run from the Met after they intercepted an armed robbery that he was part of. He escaped six panda cars by jumping into the Thames and clinging onto a grand piano that had been dumped in there for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) He then climbed out of the river and went to carjack a parked vehicle. But a couple were having sex in it and swiftly drove off. I'm afraid that I'm not sure what happened next as I had to dash at this point. Hopefully I'll bump into him again. Love, all the best, Pat. That's oh, great, isn't it? That's fantastic. Because yeah, when you're in it's a leisure centre, I'm I'm really not... It's one of the p- times at which I'm least disposed to making a new friend. Mm. You know, like, if you're in the, the damp, horrible old changing room with a towel wrapped around you, yeah. trying to get your pants on mm. without being fully, visibly naked for too long. Yeah. And you're going through all of that sort of stuff. Even worse, if you've got the kids with you. Dad, where's yeah. the hairbrush? All that bollocks, yeah. right? And then some geezers come up to you and start telling you, About- yeah, uh, no, yeah, so I work for Diana Dawes and Chris. Listen, uh, uh, it's lovely to meet you. Unfortunately, I can't tell you my name because uh, I'm on the run from the Met. Yeah, they intercepted an armed robbery, but I managed to escape. Oh, did you? Hang on a minute, mate. I'm just trying to deal with my, my son's lost his sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, just I'll be quick then. But uh, what I did was I, I avoided six panda cars by jumping in the Thames. And uh, you're probably wondering how I swum. Well, it was all right because I grabbed hold of a piano that was floating along. And then when I climbed out, I tried to nick a car, but there was a couple having it off in there, weren't there? <laughs> right. Okay, that sounds great, mate. Listen, can we catch up later? Because I've, I've got to go. Because I've got to drop one of my kids at a party and then I've got to get to Asda's before it shuts. Yeah, all right. Anyway, like I said, nice to meet you. I'll tell you the end of the story next time I see you. (laughs) Actually, here's the origin story. I started off procuring (laughs) dogs. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably asking yourself right now, how did he get into this predicament? Well, good question. (laughs) Uh, um, Here's another good one from Andrew Walters. And basically, it's having a Lampard moment. And I think this should be another category as well. If you've had a Lampard yeah. moment to yourself... 
Oh, uh, yeah. Is this us. the one on the bus? This yeah. is good. He yeah. says, uh, had a Lampard moment on the bus to work today. Started giggling to myself about 30 seconds after it happened. Uh, I'm a primary school teacher uh, and was on the bus to work today. A few kids who go to a local secondary school were picking picking about. I think he means, means dicking mm. about. Dicking about on the top deck of the bus, a few seats behind me and being loud and annoying. Cue a few disgruntled mm. toots and eye rolls from several of the commuters. I turn round and see them lobbing Haribo sweets at oncoming traffic from the window. Now, I don't know what annoyed me more, the fact they were being loud as fuck, the fact nobody was doing anything about it, or the fact that they were eating Haribo at half seven in the morning. <laughs> anyway, I decided to act. I had the idea of just giving it the cool, respectful, lads, come on, stop being twats. They'd stop. <laughs> They'd stop and respect me. Yes, of course they would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably just go to school and talk about what an inspirational and cool guy I was. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what would have happened, Andrew. That guy on the bus was pretty cool, guys. You really, yeah. really made me stop and think yeah. about my behaviour. He's a really good role model. Yeah, I hope we see him again. Uh, instead, what came out was quite the opposite. In a totally fluke Lampard voice, I screeched, Um, excuse me, do you not know how dangerous that is? Not to mention illegal! I stopped there, he says, because I knew that I'd lost. <laughs> it's a bit like, it's it's like Lampard. It's a bit like one of the people out of the Melchester Odyssey as well. People talk like that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, So That's good. We all have Lampard moments. I think I admitted to one the other day, didn't I? Sometimes you do catch yourself pulling a Lampard. Yeah. And we're here to just let you come here and, like we've said before, drop the shit, just admit. Yeah. Because when you've done something like that, it's always better to come on a podcast and admit it to people yeah. like us. Um. Right, I've got what have I got here? There's, I thought, I think I found a reasonable. Oh yeah, some homework banter. Um, in my son's nursery, this is from JJ. In my son's nursery, they had a teddy to bring home each weekend, and you had to write what they did each day. This was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I'm well familiar with this. <laughs> Do you, have you, are you familiar yeah, with this, Andy? Yeah, we've done this as well. Yeah, we've done yeah. this. Oh, and the cunt comes home. He's probably covered in other kids' germs, and it's, it just becomes like an, an extra bit of admin you've got to do all weekend. I've, I've forgotten what ours was called, but he did actually go to my son's first ever Sunderland match. Did he? he? Came along yeah, that, we so had one nice. come to West Ham. We yeah. had one come to West Ham. He got, he didn't get in any aggro. No, but you know, did it was do, close. Did he do the the what was it? The spin and swear. Did he get to do that? Yeah, he did. He did that. The away fans. Yeah, I can't remember who we were playing, but yeah, he gave him a good going over verbally. <laughs> but there was no punches thrown. Anyway, he goes. This was a pain in the ass. Yeah, tell us about it. Unfortunately, my son had dickhead bunny for the two week half term. <laughs> dickhead bunny. After writing in each day what we did, so if you've got it for half term, you've got to write every day a fucking diary entry. Yeah. Right. Uh, on the fu- and also what that becomes is competitive because you have a diary that the other parents, the other people have had, yeah, and they'll have these pictures and it'll go, oh, oh, we went to a museum, and then yeah. we went to we went to a special class where we all learned how to make sushi, <laughs> and then then we went to the British Library, right? And you're you've written you've got a shit photo that's printed out on your shit printer, and you've gone. Well, you know, we watch Avengers Endgame. <laughs> we, we, we had some, we had some crisps, and uh, and then to be honest, Dad got pretty angry because he was trying to send he was trying to do his podcast, uh, and he, he shouted, he threw the bunny across the room. <laughs> we, we went round with Granddad's because he was burning some leaves in his back garden. We had a look at that for a while. So we got to watch that, and then we we went to the pub, but. We, me and Bonnie weren't allowed in, so my dad sat us in the car and he brought us out a Coke 
and a packet of nuts to share. And my dad was in there a real long time, it's, actually. It, it was weird because <laughs> I saw some other kids going in, so I don't know why I wasn't allowed in. <laughs> and my dad, when my dad came out, it was dark and the bunny was really scared. <laughs> and my dad was shouting at another man. <laughs> and they were arguing over some meat. <laughs> when we got home, my dad fell asleep on the sofa and so me and Bonnie got to stay up till two in the morning. <laughs> Watching uh, Pave Station. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we found it confusing. <laughs> but exciting. <laughs> My dad had said he was going to take us to Legoland, but in the end he took us up the swings and slides, and he had another argument with another man he saw up there. It was about money. <laughs> When I said that it wasn't Legoland, he sh- he snapped at me and said, it's as fucking good as. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. He thought he could recreate Legoland by taking us up the local swings and slides, but bringing the box full of old Lego bits in. I go, wow, there's your rides and there's your fucking Lego. What's the difference? Get on with it. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, and you haven't had to queue for any of that, have you? <laughs> right. It's free. <laughs> anyway, in the last day, JJ wrote. JJ's dad wrote in the diary. He said, "I wrote in the diary." Jackson's dad is happy that today I returned to school, as the child maintenance money doesn't cover enough to feed me for two weeks. My wife wasn't very happy with what I wrote, but as it was in pen, it was tough shit. Yeah, don't act tough. You probably got a right fucking bollocking. And was like, oh, sorry, I've always been running at the time, but I realised now I was wrong. I'll get some tippics. I shouldn't have done it in pen. I should have read yeah. it by you first for approval. Yeah. I would like to think that the teacher and other parents who would read this after would find it funny. But in truth, uh, they probably think I'm a cunt. Yeah, yeah, they probably do. Yeah, it's in the balance, that one, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. brilliant right that's it from this episode um, I've just got a couple more neighbour nicknames before we go send us in some of these if you've got them yourself uh, our neighbour's kids were called the bouncing shits because of their fucking trampoline uh, mm. my mum and dad's neighbour is called Postman Pat because he's got a big fucking nose and a red car and then uh, someone has done a list Cruella Neville the Jolly Gardener Wanker Face the Rough Woman the Pillock, <laughs> the, the Pillock, Mrs. Pillock, and the drug dealers. There we go. Send Lovely. them in. That's it. We've got no time Subscribe for Subscribe to our newsletter, t- tinyletter.com uh, yeah. slash uh, TFTM or find it on our website. Subscribe to Island Vine Society. You get loads of free content. Come and, and see us live to, next um, month. Come and see us live and all that stuff. All right. Thanks for listening. TTFN. All the best. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.